Hi, Pompey fans, and welcome to episode eight of the PO Forecast. Made it, episode eight, finally. A bit late, bit off, bit off schedule. Bit late. Yeah, we're recording on Thursday night because Matt has had like a horrible dose of some sort of twenty-four hour man flu bug. Yeah. So yeah. I've had to drive over to his house so we can actually record for That's once. It. Yeah, yeah. Troopers. Troopers. So how how are you feeling, Matt? Are you feeling up to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for our listeners, mate, obviously, just put it out there, talk Pompey, just you know. Love it, mate. It's probably about the only thing that's going to make me feel even better. So. Yeah, and uh, I said I'd do this, so uh, just a quick shout-out. Greg said, um, if you've got an issue, have a tissue. <laughs> just been handed a tissue, so thank you, Mr. Vance, and thank you, Greg, for reminding him to look after me. Appreciate that. All right, so today, part one, we are going to review the Rochdale game first, because we'll just do them in order, uh, following by the Coventry game. We're going to review that as well before we go into part two where we're going to kindly answer your questions. And Matt, we've got some good questions this week, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, some really, really interesting questions. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to that part. Yeah, following that, we're going to do Matt's debate, which is uh, it's a bit of a classic this week. And then part three, we'll be previewing the Gillingham game. Can we carry on this ridiculously good unbeaten run? Yeah, let's hope so. Well, we've had uh, lots of interaction with Gillingham fans, so we can have a nice big discussion on that later as well. Yeah, that's going to be good. Looking forward to it. But for now, Matt, part one. Let's go with Rochdale. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so busy week for, for Pompey. Um, starting off with Rochdale, great result. You know, showed character again. Went a goal down and won the goal. Can't really, uh, can't really complain about that, to be honest with you. I don't think many keepers are going to keep that out. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, straight after that goal, we were just saying, weren't we, that it was just dominant from Pompey. There was, wave after wave, I'd think. Yeah, and I mean, we said it could have at least been three, possibly four at half-time, really. Uh, you know, I yeah. mean, Thompson hit the bar, didn't he? And, you know, Evans had that classic overhead kick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it just... As, I, as I've said in the week a lot to a lot of people, there's so much character in that team at the moment and it felt like Pittman was starting to, to gel into the way we were playing. You know, he had a, yeah. a, a great assist for the logo. Uh, for, the, for the logo. For the logo. Uh, that's it, for, for the logo. Um, what, do you think Pittman's, what do you think Pittman's logo would be? Would it be like Roger Federer? But do you reckon it would be, you know, Roger Federer <laughs> has those hats he has with RF as his logo on the front of it. Yeah, do you reckon yeah. you have like BP? <laughs> he could like borrow a hat from a garage <laughs> take their brand that's it maybe, maybe he's a fan of BP and he's got the BP club card so you know yeah. possibly yeah, you know, so. that's it yeah, yeah exactly like boycott shell you know anyway no I think it was a it was a great little ball wasn't it the yeah I mean the, the the hold up the you know the turn you know and then to, to get it across and as you said before the game as well I mean it was almost roles reversed wasn't it Pittman yeah. should have you know really been there but Lowe was doing the, the job there instead which is you know it shows a bit of versatility in the squad that they can all do that really I think it creates more havoc I think that the Jamal Lowe getting into the what I like to call the Pittman position yeah. into Pittman's like yard is that it really shows that his game as well has come on because Jamal has always been a player he can pick the ball up he scares defenders he runs at them um, he causes havoc but this is like another element to his game this is like a true striker ability to be there right in between the defenders in the right place at the right time and just getting those goals and I think that's why we're going to see Jamal probably fire up the, the goal tally this yeah. season I mean you, you shouted that at the start of the season didn't you you said you think he's going to um 
you know, score a lot more than he has done for us. Mm. And, you know, he, he's rightly he's got the number 20 goals shirt. this season. Uh, yeah, I mean, he should be. The, the the way we're playing, the players he's got around him, the, the relationship he's built up with, you know, the likes of Evans and Curtis this season, you know, they're just all bouncing off each other. You know, he's got the number 10 shirt and, and hopefully he'll prove that he's worth that this season, you know, and, and he has been so far. I mean, he's he's been clinical. He's assisted plenty of goals this season himself, you know, just what else can you say about him, really? No, it's just confidence, isn't it? When he picked up that number 10 shirt this season, you knew he meant business. And it's just great to see him follow that up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so we're talking about how Pittman was provider. Yep. But obviously he got a goal as well. He did, yeah. And he just sort of redirected the ball, didn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. Into the net. So Matt, what do you think? Talk us through it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was... For, for someone who's got the pace of Pittman, I, I've got to admit, I was impressed at how he got in front of that defender used his physical strength and you know just dipped in and, and got that that sort of nip past the keeper you know it's a deflection almost wasn't it almost I think he got there just before the defender to be honest with you and just sort of lofted intentional that in. deflection sorry that's what I mean yeah I mean it, it was classic Pittman wasn't it really I mean it was almost a similar goal I suppose in the way that it was in, like he'd got in front of another defender it was almost the same as Lowe's goal really you know and it, it just shows the want to score within the players at the moment that they, they have that will to get in front of defenders and, and poke home no matter how it's scored you know it, it's just they need to do it and that's great you know I'm, I'm overly delighted with that performance I, I don't think there's anything in that game that I could say I was disappointed with in all honesty I mean there was it could have been more basically couldn't yeah, it yeah easily could have been more I mean we you know, we were talking about the, I think the effort they had again in the first half when they, I think it was one all possibly. They had that shot that bounced up in front of McGivory. Yeah. All for you, Greg, MCG. MCG. Um, so, yeah. No, it was nice, wasn't it? And it's one of those, it's one of those dangerous balls that you actually could sort of, if someone just got a nick on it, it would have deflected it and that would have what would cause havoc but he kept us on the ball yeah. he tracked it it bounced up um, he caught it and I thought you know that's generally it's good good solid play really yeah yeah no I mean you know he he seems to be getting back to well I mean we'll discuss it a bit later I think but he seemed to, during that game to be getting back to, to his best again you know and it, it's it's just promising for us that you know he, he's getting in the goals again that's two in two now so yeah yeah enough said about that let's move on to the next game Coventry I would have said that the Rochdale game was a game a spectacle you wanted to watch it was one of those games that if a neutral fan sort of tuned in they would have been like wow this is a great game of football and credit to (laughs) Rochdale who came out and, and as we said in the preview uh, last week they came out and played yeah. they, they, they they weren't scared they tried to bring the ball out and some teams would have given up after you know being down sort of 3-1 but they, you know they, they carried on and they pressed yeah, yeah. Coventry on the other hand had a completely different approach to the game wow what, what can we say about this game I mean there's not really any highlights you know to, to, to really discuss other than really the goal um, there was three points that I pointed out to you wasn't there before we before yeah. the show I think the the first one has got to be the Ronan Curtis goal. I mean, what, what a strike! What, what a strike! <laughs> um, you know how he how he sold that defender. It was like he knew he was going to go down, gave him the shimmy, and then just tuck that into the corner. I mean, it's hard to actually when you make that shimmy just to push it but not lose control of the ball. Yeah, that's yeah, such a, And then to fire the shot so quickly, the yeah. goalkeeper looked absolutely stunned. I don't think he was ever going to get to that. It was it was just off the foot, wasn't it? It was, and it was so well like 
put into that corner as well. So, you know, that, that was that was by far obviously the best point for us during that game. I think I think Kenny Jacket called a moment of quality. Exactly, exactly, and that's what that game needed. I think if if there hadn't have been a moment of quality, I think. You know, a lot of Pompey fans wouldn't have worried that they weren't going to get back late because they could have had an easy snooze in the ground and on the coach on the way home because it was just nothing really too much. I mean, I pointed out to you, and I think it does need to be brought up, seeing we've had previous discussions, but the the error between um, Watmore and Clark. I mean, it's a complete communication mishap, isn't it? I mean, I'm assuming that MCG didn't call it because he's literally rooted. Because as a centre-back, the only time you leave the ball like that generally is if you hear the keeper shout for it. Yeah. And that when I looked at Watmore, that sort of like the look he gave almost looked like he deliberately left the ball for, for MCG. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm blaming Clark on this one. I mean, Watmore's pass, all right, it wasn't by any means a strong pass, but Clark just... He just like pedalled backwards and almost stepped away from it. So he's looking quite confused. That's that's the reason for the pauses. I wasn't. Sh- I wasn't. I was just thinking about it then. I mean, I know it's late, but I wasn't sure when the ball was passed. Whether it was wasn't it Clark who passed the ball no, back? No, no. What more passed the ball back? Yeah. And then Clark chased it down. And although Clark did do a great job in getting on top of the striker as well as McGivory did as well. You know, I, I, why was he pedalling away? I don't know. What, 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 did he get a shout from somewhere? You, 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 I don't know if it was some sort of bloke in the crowd who's like, you know, I don't leave it, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> some Coventry fan. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was... It's a mix-up, It's a mix-up, it? and, and do you know what? I think they've, you, you've got to iron out those mistakes, you know, yeah. and quickly learn from them, and... It's the first time really this season that we've seen those two make a, an error that could have potentially cost us in a game. We've got away with it and I think now it's it's learned from that and don't do that again. And I'm sure those two are professional enough they are. to, they'll, to wipe they'll that out do of that. the game. But so. do you know what? I thought that the save as well, MCG he gets down with and with his right foot and he yeah. makes that athletic save. Um, people who follow us on Twitter probably know that we both like ice hockey and that is a sort of almost sort of like ice hockey sort of pad save that he yeah. sort of does the splits almost doesn't he to get his leg down to he that does. And, then he, and then he cleans up afterwards as well which was great you know yeah. so there's another pun um, especially for you Greg 1-1 one, one. <laughs> in the pun off that in Matt's challenging off. you to yeah he's, that's it yeah. he's going to come back aren't you Matt yeah MCG was cleaning up in the box so dun, 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 you know dun, dun, happy dun. with that happy with that but um, I think another sort of um big moment for me in the game was obviously and, and this is coming up later was the, the clearance off the line from Naylor bit of a scramble again McGivory I don't really think he should have been coming up for that in that crowd he's not overly big enough to really command that no it was also they had a lot of players in the box so a couple of their players sort of positioned themselves to make it difficult for him to come out and get the ball yeah so I know that I think his his confidence is sky high at the moment, and that's great to see. And that's why he's pulling off those saves, like we just mentioned. Yeah. But sometimes when they're ramming the box through there, you're not always going to be able to get it when you come. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you. Why did you have to pull that face? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's it's. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I was anyway, say it's all coming out. <laughs> Have you got anything to contribute about the commentary game left, Matt? 
I really haven't, no. There's really nothing <laughs> Matt's else. Matt's delirious at the moment. I'm, but to be fair, credit to him for actually doing the podcast this week. He looks like absolute shit. Yeah, I feel it as well. I'm sweating in my own house here. <laughs> anyway, right. I think on that lovely note, well, that'll be the end of part one. So yeah. we're going to play some cool sort of jingle like we always do. And then we'll be back for part two. Welcome back to part two of the PO forecast and we're going to be answering your questions that you sent in kindly and Matt we've got four questions today. Well one of them is yours <laughs> but yes we have yeah. Is it four including mine? I think there's actually five including mine mate. Uh, this is one. Yep two, five three, including four. mine. Yeah yeah okay yeah. It's so enough. delirious he can't count to five. That's it yeah yeah it's getting more and more exciting every week so um, keep firing the mean guys because it's always good and we've actually got some brilliant questions this week as well some toughies as well. No really good questions I'm looking forward to answering these so um, I put a, a question out on Twitter uh, asking about the Rochdale game I wanted to know that has Brett Pittman now cemented a place in the team after his goal against Wickham and his goal against Rochdale yeah so I mean that's a great point I think after the Rochdale game you pretty much for me you had to say yes I mean he's come back he's scored two in two he's assisted the low goal to begin with you know I was at that stage going yeah definitely 100% I said to you after the Cov game, I thought he played okay. You said you didn't. I think a lot of Pompey fans out there as well said the same sort of thing. Was it the right game for Pittman? In in the sense that it was such a, a it's such it was a such a tough open, challenging t- tough challenging game, physical sort of loads counter. of space. So he's obviously with he's not the sort of player that that you know would run around into that space and... and well, don't want to see uh, Pittman playing at Wembley than that? Not really, no. I, 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 yeah. Well, obviously we do if we have to I mean, obviously, the yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll take that back, obviously I would. But I just think Pittman's better on a tighter pitch. I think he utilises space better. So, better yeah. in confined spaces. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you, if you want to say it that way. Um, so you got a response back... Um, from Jolly Splendid, who asked, is it a case of don't change a winning team or there's always room for improvement? I think when it comes to general philosophy and you see what Kenny Jackett's doing, he's he's naming another side, which is pretty much unchanged at the moment. Yeah. When, when something's not broke, don't fix it is the sort of line. And in some ways, you don't want to start just tinkering all the time with, with something that's working really well. You know, the players have... Have, you know, know the system and they're used to playing it and if, if you're doing well you just want to keep going keep that run going like we're doing keep rolling it out but on the other hand I still think that if someone isn't giving you you know the best potential performance you still want to make a change to optimise the team as long as it's not yeah. a big one I'm not saying alright oh, let's try something completely different what I'm saying is sometimes you might think okay maybe I don't know, say Nathan Thompson, he's been playing well, so it's not a great example. Maybe he's looking a bit off the pace or something like that. Or Pittman the other day, you know, against Coventry, he got taken off after 60 minutes and Hawkins came on. And it was it was a case that he was probably more effective in, in that sort of physical way, bringing players yeah. in, into play, etc. So when you go up to the next game, you have to, you, Kenny Jacket has to review that and think, okay, it's been working well, we'll keep it as it is, but... Actually, against this next team, maybe Hawkins is more effective. Now, I don't see that against Gillingham. No. I think I think Pittman can start up front. Yeah, definitely. I think 
you know, when when you look at, at Gillingham season so far and and the goals they've shipped, the the you know the performance, I think. Um, obviously, we'll discuss it later. But in in an interview you've done in the week, um, you know they they seem to have switched around a lot. They don't seem to have any guidance at the moment. So, for someone like Pittman, who who's an instant goal snatcher, I think this is a great opportunity for him to. He's going to get chances. The, yeah, he is going to get chances, and and I think he'll prove again that he can you know finish quite comfortably. And then again, you you know we'll be discussing this time next week. There's another question mark hanging over over that topic again, isn't there? Which is healthy. It's it's great to have what a that. situation to be in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I was saying midweek to to a few of our listeners, when when was the last time you can remember us being in this situation, having the too many strikers? Yeah, too yeah. many strikers, <laughs> and and you know. A situation where people are instead of a questioning what we need to do better, are questioning is there anything better, and and that's where this topic sort of seemed to carry on, didn't it? Really, because yeah. we then had another addition. We had uh, Mayakovsky's horse, um, who said that he doesn't believe uh, anybody has cemented a place, um, and if a player performs badly. Um, then surely that would put a, you know a player's place in jeopardy. And you know I was having a big think over over this point earlier, and I think yeah I think if if a few games uh, the performances you know aren't aren't meeting the rest of the team's performances, then yeah of course your your place is in jeopardy. But I don't think you can say well. Burge had one bad game. He needs to get out of the team. Like, like there was, you know, those responses. Okay, you know, Burge had made a couple of errors, but I just think it really needs to be pulling down the form of the team for it to be changed. I don't know. Here's what I'm thinking. Yeah, nobody's place is completely cemented in some ways. Yeah, apart from I think there are a few players that they make a mistake. They're not going to be taken out of the side because yeah, they are yeah, head and shoulders above the rest. So Matt Clark at centre back, okay? Then Kenny Jackett's not going to go. Oh wait, a sec, you've made the first mistake of the season mm-hmm. or carrying on. Therefore, um, you know your place is in jeopardy. I don't think it is, and I think that he's such a staple of a team that he's got his place is cemented in the side. Yeah, I think so. I there's, think there are yeah. a few sort of like occasions in which some players a few examples basically of a few players that are pretty much cemented. but then I mean I suppose another argument to that is in recent times I think sometimes managers have had to show a bit more guts to to change it up if it has been needed you know think how how long Rooney was a spine of the England team and was permanently put in even though he wasn't performing yeah but true. he just had to be in that team and Southgate came along and was like, nope, you know, we'll clear that out straight away. We don't need that anymore. Rooney put on like half a stone before every major tournament, didn't yeah, he? He's literally yeah. sort of like, you think he's like, right, season's finished, lads. <laughs> he's like, Matt, get the kebabs in, get the beer in. We're going on holiday, boys abroad. Yeah, although I did I did see, I, I don't know if anyone else saw it, off, sort of off Pompey topic a little bit, but he, the other day they were, I think 2-1 down, they were chasing a goal in the 90th minute and Rooney... <laughs> pretty much ran from the attacking area all the way back past the halfway line when they had an open net and mm. he managed to tackle the player get the ball back and drilled this beautiful ball forward oh, for I, saw striker it. I saw it yeah I saw it yeah yeah so obviously you know maybe he's, he's 
He's playing in the MLS though, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, this is very true. I suppose a Premier League player would have been long gone by the time he had got there. <laughs> Rooney had really had time there to order his kebab before playing. Before. <laughs> <laughs> but back to topic. Yeah, I mean, I do agree with you. I think there's definitely players you can't pull out of that team regardless of the situation. And if they're available to play, then they need to play. But I, I think there is definitely players in that squad at the moment that could easily be replaced if a, a couple of performances... And that's why know, that's why Jacket has assembled the squad that we've got. That exactly. is why we've got players there that can come in and some teams, as we say, you'll need to play some players better against others. Yeah. But at the moment, it's working what we've got and I think that Kenny's going to be keen to keep that going for as long as it's working. So yeah, yeah. I suppose that's the conclusion. Yep. So Reese Finnegan tweeted to us. Cheers, Reese. Appreciate the tweet. Before the Rochdale game... After becoming a frequent listener, oh, I read that off Matt's phone when actually <laughs> Matt was saying that Reese tweeted it after the Rochdale game. That's not even the question, is it, Matt? It's not, no. Um, so, I like that. <laughs> yeah. So Reese um, said that he's really enjoying the show. So big shout out yeah, to Reese. Thank Reece. you, Reese. Um, and Reese's question. <laughs> well, or is it that you can't read it? Um, oh, oh, blame me. I'm losing myself here. So Reese's question was. Who is Pompey's best centre midfield pairing? Well, there we go. It, I think it answers itself at the moment, Reese. Um, you know, Naylor close. It's it's working well. They're allowing each other, you know, to play their own style. I think Naylor's bringing close on leaps and bounds. I mean, close that ball that he played up to Pittman. For yeah, them, that was just perfect. He sort of hit it. He almost like I could see him look following the flight of the ball. He hit it and he just sort of was like, "Yes, that's it." You know, when a, when a striker hits a shot and they know it's screaming into the net, he just had that look. He just played the ball and yeah. it's just sort of like, "Yep, yeah, that's the one." I mean, he was obviously unlucky with that effort that was by the post as well. Quite early on in that game, when that, we had the cut back from Thompson. Side-footed from close and it just whizzed wide. Yeah, um, uh, people might say he needed. To he should be have better. taken a bit of the. He should have taken a bit of pace off the ball, Matt. What Got, he done his Gillingham goal? Yeah, yeah the, the little P roller. The P roller, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's like the, a disguise for keepers can't read that coming. You know, they're expecting it. It. the pole driver, and yeah, it's just rolling through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, slow I'm, and steady, mate. I mean, I, I can't criticise Ben Close for that. He's not really. Your Frank Lampard slash Mason Mount. That's why Gerard. he's not playing ten, as we were saying last week. Exactly, and yeah, you know, I think that kind of clears up the the sort of comment made last week. Um, you know, he's he's great sitting in the yeah. middle. He allows people like Lowe and Curtis to go forward. Don't change it for me at the moment, Reese. Um, I suppose the only the only question is is that Ben Thompson came on. He did. He looked good. Yep. I like the way that I'm a big fan. I think the way he picks the ball up, he tracks back, he puts good challenges in. His positioning's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also has the ability to move the ball forward in an almost sort of you know Lasana Diara driving the ball forward sort of way. I think that at the moment we stick him with close and Naylor, but if it's not working, he's the first person that gets called up yeah. into that midfield. I mean, I think Thompson would fit this weekend's game really. Um, you know, it, it's going to be quite, hopefully, quite open once we can, you know, sort of break them down and, and get that goal. I mean, I don't, you know, based on what I read, I think they're disappointed to be where they are, and I think they're obviously going to come and try and get something. But are they going to, you know, come and? and go for the point or are they going to come out and play football you know well we'll check discuss that trophy. in part three yeah of course you know but yeah. well, what we're sort of saying is that I think there's games for Thompson to to definitely step into over close and Naylor but I think when it comes to 
you know, big games where we, we're away from home or we need to, to make sure that we're tight and, you know, we can allow our players to, to break forward and press high, you know, at home against, you know, the likes of Barnsley, Sunderland, etc. I think they're the perfect combination. They're tidy us. combination as well. So, so neat and tidy. And that actually nicely moves us on to Greg's question. Greg's back in again with, with another question. Cheers, Greg, yeah. friend of the show. Yep. So Greg's asked, who is our man of the match in the Coventry game? I actually managed to read that question out fine, mate. Yeah, yeah, you did. Well done, mate. Yeah, yeah I was practising in my head before <laughs> when you were nabbering on. I was like, right, here we go. Cheers, mate. Yeah. So what, Matt, what was Greg's thoughts? Who does Greg think was man of the match? Well... Greg, I think, had three nominations for himself. I like um, that. Yeah. I, uh, nice. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could say the week before or, or the one the weekend against Rochdale, I had 11. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, Greg said he felt that Naylor was his man of the match. And the reason for that was the goal line clearance, which gave him the edge over... Uh, Craig McGivery, hashtag MCG. Hashtag the wall. The wall, yes, that's it. Um, and then Ben Close was also in there as well. Um, for a superb pass. For a superb pass, yeah. I mean, for me, um, Greg, my man of the match, I'm going with Close. Only really on the basis I think he's just deserved it this season. He's, you know... Wasn't sure where we were at the start of the season. He's broke into the team. He's he does some good solid. players come in against him as well. The likes of you know Thompson coming in, like high profile sort of yeah. signing from Millwall, and he's sort of claimed his place back almost, isn't he? Has, he? Yeah, he's fought back. He's he's been brilliant for us, and I just think he he showed again, you know, what sort of expansion he has to his game with that pass, you know, and it only bids well. I mean, he's still young. He's, he's still coming through and if he can pick passes like that you know then it's only going to be better for players like Lowe and Curtis and um, I think when, yeah. when he got substituted didn't he um, for Thompson he I did, think yeah. and uh, when he came off I see the Pompey fans are singing he's one of our own yeah and, and he is yeah. you know and it's great to see one of our own still in the squad one of our products still playing and impressing you know not just impressing us as fans but he's impressing the league you know yeah for sure people will be worried about playing against those two guys that's it uh, in the middle so my man of the match I think it's a game in which you've, you've got to look at it I mean the obvious choice in some ways is Ronan Curtis and because the fact is that it was a dreary game it was it was a hard fought game on a Tuesday night away in a concrete shithole which is Coventry mm-hmm. and the guys there they battled you know Naylor's battled and, and in some ways prevented the goal but that bit of quality we're talking about the, yeah. that game winning quality sometimes you've got to look up and go what was the who's the difference maker and for me in that game again it, it was Ronan Curtis it was Jamal Lowe before mm-hmm. and you know Ronan Curtis was maybe maybe a bit quieter but that that's what that's what happens though isn't it and that's why we've got such a, a good team this season we've got yeah. different threats coming from different different places and different players who can step up any game so for me it's, it's Ronan Curtis yeah no good choice I mean as you said earlier in the show Kenny Jackett said it was a a moment of magic and you know when when a player can pop up and do that you you know you think to the likes of Messi you know it always produces a moment of I magic like that comp that, that sort of comparison there you go well you know oh, I mean he's he's flying isn't he so yeah let's see what happens you know nice. with that alright Matt do you know what time it's for do you know what time it is I do know what time <laughs> it is Hugh it's time for Mads to be 
That's right, Pompey fans, it's time for Matt's Debate. And today, Matt's Debate is Joe Mason. Why did we sign him when we haven't actually seen him? And and that might be a, a bit of a badly worded question, I suppose, in a way, or a debate. But Matt wrote it, by the way. I did. Um, you know, that's why you can see my articles all the time. Um, basically... My what? my argument to it is we've signed this championship quality player who okay, you know, he's he's not got the highest, you know, goal scoring record of, of strikers around, but he you know, he can score goals, he's proven that, you know, throughout his career. Especially he's, at Cardiff. At Cardiff, yeah. yeah. And he's been at you know, Wolves who are obviously now a, a big <clears throat> club. You know, and, and yet <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't tell a Newcastle fan that, but it just—I I can't understand why we've gone and you know got that. And yes, Hawkins is playing well. Yes, Pittman has been playing okay. But I mean, is Haw- as we as me and you were discussing earlier in the week—is Hawkins going to score us twenty goals this season? Probably not. Probably not. Pittman—I mean, obviously he showed last season he can score twenty plus. But is he going to do it again this season? It's always tougher, I think, the second There to be season. seen, isn't it? Still, I think the, the jury's still out on that one. Why sign him, okay? And I think the fact is, if there's a few reasons why bring him in and then not play him, is, is what you're sort of saying. And yeah. I think that, number one, Kenny knows about him. Kenny signed him himself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to Wolves for, was it three million, something like that? Something like that. It was quite a high yeah. thing, wasn't it? Yeah. So he obviously rates him. He obviously thinks he's a good player. He hasn't played a lot of football. Has he? He no, hasn't been no, playing no. a lot recently. So yeah. it could be that he's Kenny thinks he's got the ability, mm. he's got the talent, but at the moment he doesn't feel like he's quite match fit, unlike some of the other guys firing on all cylinders. Maybe he needs to get some football in the reserves, yeah, prove himself there a bit and come through. No, of course, of course. And I mean, you know, hopefully, you know, the Czech Trophy next week, um, pile of shit, um, you know, will give him an opportunity to, to have more minutes, you know, playing and you know hopefully we can we can get his match fitness up because I think what disappoints me about this is a game like it was on Wednesday or Tuesday at Coventry it was so trap and dreary and I just felt like you know we could have bought Mason that sort of player on Mason you know he would have got down in between and used the space more you know he's rather he's than Hawkins his... you think that you're thinking hey we actually need a goal here and maybe you want to bring on someone to kill off the game yeah yeah someone who maybe wants with a bit more well, we haven't actually seen him yet, so it's pretty hard to say this, but someone maybe with a bit more goal instinct. I think that that's the the, the sort of expectation once we signed Mason. That there was all, you know, everyone was saying, oh, he's a great goal scorer, you know, he mm-hmm. can... What an upgrade on Chaplin, people were saying. <laughs> yeah, even. yeah. So I think, you know, it, it's slightly disappointing that there wasn't that option. Yeah, Hawkins came on and did a great job again, you know, and he really yeah, did. Yeah, he did. And, and he, he did what he always does. But I just feel like, that's fine, maybe we got away with that against Coventry. Obviously, we had the one cleared off the line at the end as well by Naylor. But, you know, we I just think we need to kill people off. And, and we've got players like Joe Mason around and, you know, we, we're just not using him. So, what you know, if it isn't a case of, of match fitness, what does he need to do to beat, well, to pit Polly Hawkins? Here's the thing, right? 
at the moment, I think it can be argued that some people are saying, you know, with Hawkins playing so well and did we keep him in the team or not? And then Pittman's come off the bench a bit and he's he's really played well and that's he's going to grab that back that position. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to see Mason play at 10. I like Evans there. And this is basically circumstantial. Maybe it's not it's not a knock maybe on, on Joe Mason or what he can do. And when a new player comes in, it's quite, Pompey fans often, we want to see what he's got, don't we? Yeah, yeah. But exactly. at the moment, both those other strikers are playing so well. There's just not really the opportunity for him to, to do anything now. But his time will come. Don't get me wrong. I mean, how Pittman was injured for, what, a couple of months, wasn't he? At the end yeah, of, yeah. During, well, during um, the middle of last season. Yeah, and then we had to rush him back and he didn't perform. So then we had to rest him again, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. It's I a mean, big it, season. Kenny's brought him in. He's got faith in him. And I'm sure... Hopefully, when it, when he, the time comes, he'll he'll grab that opportunity. And if he does, then that's a fantastic problem for us to have again. We won't just be going Pittman, Hawkins. We'll be going Pittman, Hawkins, Mason. Mason. Yeah, of course. Donahue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> talking of Dion, just quickly, he's back. Um, he's back in the in the team, and he's he's expected to feature at Crawley. So, if any of you are making the lovely trip to this lovely town that I have the joy of living in, then. Um, you know, you might get the joy of, as as Hugh said, seeing one of the best uh, dead ball, yeah, you know, specialists in in the whole of Europe, let alone England. I think Hugh's opinion on that Champions is, League level, Champions League level, along with uh, Bognor Regis's cheesy chips as well. Which yeah, are, they're up there, aren't they? They're, they're up there they're for up the there. high standard. I think Barcelona are going to be envious of that. Yeah, for sure. So. I'm, I'm actually I'm thinking about going to Bognor soon. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. should do. I think they they smashed ten on the weekend, didn't they? I think. Yeah, I actually want to go to Bognor on a side note. And also, obviously, I want to try the chips <laughs> again. Yeah, but on a serious note, I want to get down there and watch some of our players who yeah, are out on yeah. loan there. And I think it'd be quite good for us to get down there. We might even do some sort of little thing and see if anyone's willing to talk to us. But if if they are, yeah. that'd be great, and we maybe we could. Yeah, bring yeah. out some well, sort of obviously feature. we'll update everyone if, if that does happen um, you know the likes of, of Lethbridge or Smith you know precisely see, see what we can do for everyone anyway right I think that's the end of part two definitely and we're going to play some cool little jingle we're going to move into part three there's quite a lot to talk about in part three this week isn't there Matt yeah yeah as, as we said at the start of the show there's been a lot of uh, interaction with the Gillingham fans Hugh's done uh, an absolutely fantastic piece. We will discuss that here. And obviously I've had a little chat today with a couple of Jules fans. So tune back in after the little jingle that uh, comes on every week. So let's do this jingle and let's go back into part three. Welcome back to part three of the PO forecast. And it's time to preview the Gillian game. It is indeed. Yeah. So as you said before the break, a lot to discuss on this part of the show here. So... Gillingham have had a poor, I think it's the word to, to use, start to the season. Yeah, not a good time to be a Jules fan, I don't think, Hugh. Honestly. No, I'll try and refrain from making a joke about when is it ever. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there'll be listeners that probably uh, aren't old enough to remember the last time Gillingham stood out. <laughs> <laughs> Always a tough team to play against, though, as we, as we found out last season. So, just do the little lowdown on them. Gillingham currently sit 22nd in League One with a record of play 10. 1-2, drawn to, lost 6 with a minus 7 goal difference. Ouch. Um, we haven't actually won at the, They haven't. They haven't won, sorry, <laughs> my day today. Since a 3-1 home win on the second game of the season against Burton. 
Yeah, they they had won on the opening day against Accrington away, and then they that's won a at good home. result. That was a good result. They won at home against Burton. You thought actually this could be a good season for them. Yeah, nothing since nothing since, and um, yeah, I, don't, I think there's a lot of um, confusion down there, isn't there at the moment? Really, yeah, and, and for that sure. sort of um, was summed up in your absolutely must say brilliant article yesterday that you did with Matt um, from. At Jill's in the blood. So, Hugh, did you want to kind of yeah? Give a bit so, of a had a little sh- uh, shout out to Matt at Jill's in the blood. First of all, give him a follow. He's a great uh, vlogger, blogger um, for, um, for covering Gillingham. So, I had a little interview with him, and I was just trying to get a bit of a lowdown, really, on on Gillingham and find out, you know, who we should look out to, what what players we should look out for, and you know, what sort of formation they'll be playing, what sort of confidence or no confidence is running through the side. I mean, it's a little bit bleak to be honest, but there's a few players out there that you know they're told we're told to look out for. The very posh sounding Regan Charles Cook. Yeah, yeah. So um by all accounts he's been their best player so far this season. Um although I've had on the lowdown from another uh Jill's I think he is a vlogger, isn't he? Or he's a, a blogger. blogger, yeah. Um at Luke Naylor, um, who said he believes that he won't be fit this weekend to play. Okay, well, that's great news for us as well. And um, they've also got another guy, haven't they? He's come from the, the Charlton Academy. He yep. spent some time on loan um, at Bromley last season, I believe. So maybe we can get a little bit of Louis Dennis low down on, yeah. on how he plays. Yep. Um, and that is the marvellous... What the hell's his name again, Matt? Uh, which one's that, sorry? Uh, he was... Hallan Brandon Hanlan yeah. there we go yeah and um, by all accounts he's got a lot of pace so yeah. we need to look out for that although we did a little bit of research on him um, eight appearances for Gillingham one goal so one goal season. so if he's one of their standout players I mean he's only I think he's only 21 he is yeah so yeah. he's pretty he's a youngster isn't he um, he was born in Chelsea yep made in Chelsea yep so maybe check out if he's got some sort of like poor fashion style thing coming on the pitch <laughs> But yeah, no. So there's a few players to look out for. I'm not. I'm not too too worried about Gillingham at all, Matt. Let's put this out there first. Are you worried about them? Um, I mean, I think you can never take a team too lightly. They've certainly, obviously, not impressed so far this season. But I think that gives them all the more reason to to push every game. Um, I think if I can sort of take one thing out of what Matt was saying in your interview, is they just don't seem to sort of have any guidance at no the moment. direction you yeah. know the, the manager seems to be pretty stubborn uh, Matt said in your interview that they're currently using the diamond formation although they've experimented with I think every other formation you can grab on yeah. FIFA 4-3-3 apparently in one game 4-3-3 4-2-3-1 4-2-2 apparently Steve Lovell was just I think he's just trying he's doing that manager error what some managers do when they go right here's that fixed formation, okay, and let's try and cram every player into this formation. It's, it's almost it, Mourinho-esque, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost a bit like, can you imagine if, with Paul Cook, for instance, if we he tried to play that 4-2-3-1, yeah. but we're rubbish at it, and he's yeah. stuck to it, because Cook didn't always have a plan B, did he? No, I think that was always... Uh, Matt's favourite artist. <laughs> plan B. <laughs> Uh, you're going to get involved in this pun battle soon, Munch. Um No, I mean, I think that was always a thing with Paul Cook. I think everyone always said he didn't have a plan B. Um, 
you know, even though he used to go on, I've got a plan A, B and C by all accounts, but not that we ever saw that. Um, not I'm going to diss him, obviously. Did, <laughs> did a lot for the club and got us where we are sort of today a bit as well. But, yeah. Um, so basically, what I think is though, that he's been basically forcing the players to play this this yeah, system that's yeah. not working he for said them. He's played players out of position yeah. to match that formation. I mean, it just sounds like a, a bit of a spiral for him at the moment. And I think we've we've definitely got to capitalise on that. So yeah. We do. Now the only thing I'm thinking about is I sort of wanted to go into this into this uh, match preview right, yeah, with so much confidence, like some sass, and just be like, look, Pompey fans, it's going to be a 5-0 drumming. We've got this. You know, Gillingham have been absolutely nothing this season, really. You know, respect to them. Yep. The, the system isn't working. The manager's not really got the confidence. The fans aren't coming down here with a lot of confidence. And the players don't seem to be scoring any goals at all. You know, when they're saying that the player to watch out has only got one goal in eight games, you know, should we be quaking in our boots? Yeah. The answer is no. But I'm just thinking back to what I said before the Wickham game that I almost sort of like was saying how confident I was. I felt like I was like almost on a lilo with a pina colada, sort of just chilled out, thinking yeah. this is going to be an absolute breeze over. I think we all were, weren't and, we? Yeah, and I think that's what maybe we have to be, you know, we have to watch out for. And I think Kenny yeah. Jackett said each game has uh, a different challenge. And as long as we approach the game with that that mentality that it's not going to be a walkover at Fratton Park. No, not at all. I, I, as I said, you can't take any team lightly. You just can't. You know, whether they're sitting rock bottom, possibly Plymouth we could, because they're just a laughing stock this season. But I think teams that want to stay in that league and find that it's pivotal to stay in that league, like Gillingham, you know, they... You know, I think they they feel like they need to be around that league. They have been for quite a few years since getting promoted out of League Two in quite emphatic style as well, didn't they? So. I think they still. I think they're still going to be okay. I, I think that that maybe they make a managerial change or whatever. But when you look at some of the players they've got, you think there are some poorer teams in this league: the Oxfords, the Plymouths, etc. I think that. Ginningham probably have enough to, to scrape by, okay. We'll see what happens, but those two wins at the start of the season are against good teams. They are. Aki and, and Burton. Yeah, and I, I think that shows that they, they have got the capability to, to put on, you know, a performance. And I think, you know, that's why you can't treat them lightly because, yeah, all right, they haven't won since August. But if you remember, sort of go back to last season, Rotherham hadn't won away for over a year. You know, came In, to Fratton Park and won. Here come Pompey. Yeah. That's it. You know, it's always so those ones, It's always it? the one that I think nowadays we need to be more screwed on, more careful. We need to, to approach the game right. I'm sure they've, you know, worked hard this week on that. And let's just hope that we, we can get ahead, you know, before them this time. I think that was a bit of the problem against Wickham. You know, we, yeah. we went... Sort of one nil down, and we were always trying to chase the game again. We finally got there, and again, it was almost like they felt the job was done and switched off, and you know, an error was made. So, I just think, you know, we need to we need to make sure we're not taking them lightly just because they're yeah. sitting down the bottom of the table. So, I think I think the other player is the obvious player to watch out for is um, Will Connor Wilkinson, purse of the sword, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's hope he doesn't prod uh, prod home with his Wilkinson sword. Um, <laughs> Matt's more of a Gillette fan. I am more of a Gillette fan. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not the best man can get though. Well, I don't know. You know, I think there's room for uh, Matt's debate on that one episode, bunch. Uh, <laughs> but 
Yeah, um, I mean, they, they've, by all accounts, um, got a few players. Tom Eaves, um, although he's not made too many uh, appearances for them this season. You rate him, don't injury. you, man? I mean, I don't overly know a lot about Eaves to say that I would rate him. He said think... to me earlier on, I rate him. <laughs> no, he's backpedalling. He's sort nah, of, now he's just sort of going back on it. Mate, that was your old age. I, I said he irates me. Matt's not... older than me by like three months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm not old and deaf, mate. Um, yeah, so Tom Eaves, obviously a danger. Um, bowl accounts, uh, Dean McBeano, um, who had quite a strong opinion on Josh Parker, who, I mean, as I said on, on Twitter earlier, he impressed me last season, especially during the live game on Sky at their place. And then um, he, I think he had an all right game down at Fratton Park um, last season. Yeah, he did. And I think he popped up towards the end of last season with a lot of important goals for them that eventually sort of helped them get out that battle and stay up. You know, I put it out there. Is he still there? How's his season going? Um, Matt from um, at Jill's in the blood, he, he said he's started off okay. Um, but Dean McBeano said he shouldn't be anywhere near the starting 11. Um, mm-hmm. He's a terrible player. Um, and he, he suggested that we look out for a player called Burn, number 33. Burn. Burn. Uh, Love yeah. that. Is he quick? He didn't Has say. Has he got pace to burn? I mean, he, he's, these these were his remarks about the three players. He said, uh, Eve's number nine if he plays, Burn number 33 if he's on his game, and O'Neill number two can put in a decent ball. Well... You know, so could Dion Dunnicky, but that doesn't make him a danger to me, really. <laughs> then do they get many corners? Dion, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, buddy. I swear, like just every week now, isn't it? I'm sorry, mate. I, I genuinely, I'm behind you, Dion. Behind you. Just slating in that. I know, I know, I know. Let's uh, let's hope he never shows up for the, for the uh, show one night. You have to run away. Oh uh, yeah, I think I would. Live in a cave. Yeah. Yeah, although I could probably outrun Dion. <laughs> yeah, taking the piss, maybe you think you could outrun him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe there's a burger van in the background you're running towards. It was, that pie, it was those pies up in Rochdale, mate. <laughs> yeah. I'd run for them, definitely, that's for sure. Definitely worth it. So, yeah, um, and then obviously, uh, as we discussed, um, you know, apparently um, he's sort of behind Matt in his opinions of, of the three danger men. So, that's that's obviously um, something to keep an eye out for, and as we said, don't take them lightly. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm going to jump in with my prediction for the game here. Right, um, Matt's prediction. Matt's prediction. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going for a two 0 I think we're going to um, get a goal in the first half. For me, that's going to come from Brett. He's going to open up the scoring. Early goal or before half time in classic Pompey way? I'm, I'm going before half time. Yeah. I think we're going to have to be patient. And do you know what? I, I was sort of watching the, the Cov game midweek and I thought to myself, there was occasions when we were being really patient, but maybe, maybe during that game a little bit too patient. The Rochdale game, they were extremely patient and each time it looked so dangerous. So if they can do that right, like they did against Rochdale, I think, you know, we'll break them down 40, 41st, 42nd minute, and then I think we'll finish them off in the second half. Um, and I'm going to say that's going to be Jamal. He's going to finish the game off. and, and He looks dangerous at the moment. He does, yeah. And and I think, you know, we were saying how dangerous we look on the break and, and how, you know, we press them high. And I think, you know, 
as I said, I think it is an important game for them to at least get something out of it. I think they're going to be trying to recover from 1-0 down and we'll break away and score. So that's my prediction, 2-0. What about yourself, mate? I'm going to go with 3-1 Pompey. Um, we haven't actually, I don't believe we've uh, kept a clean sheet since the Plymouth game that's at right. home. Yep. So I think that even some teams that are coming down, we, we might allow a goal. I think Wilkinson Sword might get the goal for, for Gillingham. But I think the first goal for us is going to come from Jamal Lowe. Mm-hmm. I think he looked potent again. And I think he's just the kind of player that's going to score. I'm going to go early. I'm going to go confident. I think we're going to get an early goal against them. Okay. I think we could score more than three goals. But it's going to be a case that three of them actually go in the net. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get a second goal before half time. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Lee Brown. <laughs> Here we go again. Where's this one coming from? Thirty yard volley. <laughs> no, I genuinely do. I think I think yeah. Lee Brown's going to step up. I think right. it's going to be it's going to be tidy. Put it that way. <laughs> I think basically Ronan Curtis is going to surge <laughs> forward, yeah, and he's going to be like a truck and trailer. He's going to surge forward with the ball towards the box, yeah. yeah it's going to yeah. be a little cheeky back heel, like a training ground move, like a like a scorpion kick. No, 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 a little back, no, 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 yeah. no, like he runs through, beats the defender, yeah. and then instead of like looking towards goal, he just plays a blind back heel because he knows that Lee Brown's Brown trailing him. him. And he's going to come onto it and just smash it, it like, <laughs> yeah. outside of the <clears throat> top corner, swinging in, almost like Sturridge's against Chelsea last week. Better. Be- better, yeah. Much better. Yeah, I thought so, mate, that's it, yeah. I'm going yeah. to I'm gonna celebrate when that goes in, Matt. <laughs> I'm up for that. And then third goal of the game is going to come from Ben not so close, but he's going to be close this time. He's yeah. not going to be close. It's going to be in. Ben Close, he's, he's been putting shots on goal. Yeah, he yeah. looks confident at the moment. We know he can score. He scored against Gillingham last time. He did, yeah. 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 And I think this is going to be he's a game where Ben steps up, gets the third goal. And I also have a little little inkling that Pittman's going to hit the post. Okay. And it's going to really piss him off if he go in. <laughs> but he's going to have a good game. And obviously, um, once you guys have listened to this, get your uh, predictions over to us as well. We'd love to hear what you guys think uh, is going to pan out this weekend. Yeah, tweet us at PO Forecast. Yeah, so um, that pretty much rounds up the uh, Gillingham oh, Just preview. quickly for the yeah. Gillingham preview. Yeah. Um, Matt from At Jules in the Blood said he's predicting a 2-1 Pompey win. Okay, lovely. I think he did say he would like to be optimistic, but he couldn't. So um, <laughs> yeah, he wanted to obviously not predict a loss. Yeah, probably yeah. should say that. But he's he's thinking it's going to be a two-one Pompey win. So you know, add one more goal, Matt, and you probably would have been there. So. <laughs> That's it. So <laughs> he's probably um, going to be right now, isn't he? Yeah, he probably will be actually. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So just. We've got a couple of bits of news just to read out at the end, um, but just a quick shout out to Chiv, so at Ian Chiverton, on his Pompey Women's vlog. If you haven't seen it yet, get onto YouTube. Yeah, it's it really good. absolutely brilliant. It's incredible. Um, it gives such a great insight into the women's team. It's not you know something that's been done before. The girls have obviously really taken... Um, to to Chiv and and his family and um, yeah, I saw the know. women's team did a did a did a, sh- a shout out. They for did his daughter and everything. They did, they? and they went along to a game. I think three of them popped along to the yeah. game. So um, if I remember rightly from the community episode, club spirit, there isn't it? Really, that's it, yeah. And I mean, 
well done to Chiv as well. Obviously, he was up at Milton Keynes the other week, so he's he's travelling around as well. It's passion, and showing like pure that. passion for the ladies team. So I think you know it's it's great to watch. It's great to learn, and uh, good luck to the women for the season. I'll be keeping an eye on Chiv's vlog to yep. make sure you so uh, check it out, guys. Work. If you don't already watch, yeah. So um, coming in this evening out of the club. Um, a Big, big shout out to Ronan Curtis on match win on Tuesday night. You've been dying to do that tonight. He's been provisionally called up to the Republic of Ireland senior squad, but if not required, he will hook up with the under-21 team. So basically, he is going away on international duty. going away on international duty. We're going to miss him for two games. Yeah, the two games are... So don't don't worry too much. It's the Crawley game. Yep, check a tree trophy. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> we he would have been rested. Yeah. So then he's got he's going to miss the game at Wimbledon, isn't he? he Which is, I've yeah. got my fingers crossed that I might be able to get a ticket for. Probably not because they've only given away I think about eight hundred tickets, something. something. Like yeah, eleven maybe. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't really yeah. kept an eye on it. Yeah. So yeah. so anyway, that's great. Not congratulations, Ronan. I think the whole of Ports is behind you. Yeah. I did see um, from Simon Collins, who writes for the Derry Journal, um, did an article with him uh, when Ronan signed, and he said that Derry will be due at least £20,000 if Ronan is to make an appearance for the Ireland national squad, the senior team. So 20 20k, who cares? We didn't pay much for him. Nope. But um, yeah, cheers, 20 Simon. Twenty grand well spent, so in my eyes, and you know, I think a lot of people, we, we're, I'm sure, will be discussing this. But I think a lot of people will be a bit disappointed that he's going to miss the Wimbledon game. It's a league game, you know. It's it's another important game to, to hopefully carry on a twelve game unbeaten run, is it, or thirteen by then, whatever it'll be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wish him the best. I think. You know, it's such a, an important thing to play for your country and it's only going to make him a better player yeah. being in with players, you know, in the Ireland senior squad, even if it's just if he's getting the, the opportunity to train. Take Mason Mount, you know, before the World Cup, he, he got the opportunity to go and train with the England team and this season he has just been yeah. incredible and now he's got his deserved call-up to the senior squad as well for England. Precisely, and he's got, he's got Lampard basically coaching him, isn't he? That's I think it's it. a great so, coach for him. And all right. You know, I've never been a fan of Roy Keane, but you know, he obviously had a lot of honours in his career, so he's going to get to to be coached by him, Martin O'Neill, who did a lot, you know, in his managerial career, apart from Aston Villa, which I'm sure he probably forgets he even did. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he did it. You know, but yeah, it's great, and obviously he'll have um, Ender Stevens there as well to to tell him about his Pompey times. So. Yeah, link up with Ender, go yeah, go yeah. Out on the beers, <laughs> <laughs> two Pompey lads. So yeah, um, I think. That's that's great for me. Um, all the best, Ronan. Let's hope that it is the senior squad. But uh, if not, then all the best with the under-21s. Um, lastly. And lastly, yeah, Hugh, you can do this one for us. No, or, you go no, for it. You you, you've, got, to... you've got the phone in front of you, Matt. Oh, so right, cool. Not you want to read this out. Yeah, so um, if you haven't seen already this evening, uh, at Pompey News Now, I've just popped out a tweet um, just to say there is going to be a minute's applause on the 68th minute of the Pompey-Gillingham game. For uh, Peter Coombs, who sadly passed away, diehard Pompey fan, uh, so sincere condolences to family and friends. And uh, if you could all try and get a, a 
a great, you know, Pompey uh, standing ovation for him uh, in the 68th minute. That yeah, he's one, he's one of our own Pompey fans, so show some respect, guys. And um, 68 minutes. 68 minutes, that's it, yeah. All yeah. right, anyway, that is the end of episode eight. It is. Thanks yep. for listening, guys. Give us a follow at Pompey News now if you don't already, at PO Forecast, at Puck Drop UK, at MCorrick87, and for tonight, or we'll say it pretty late in the evening, 20 to 1 on Thursday, play up Pompey. <laughs> play up Pompey.